Did one of the greatest Super Bowl collapses in history actually help the Rams win Super Bowl 56? You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Rams your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Travis Rogers. Make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Travis Rogers. Of course, you can follow at Locked on Rams and, of course, our YouTube channel at Locked on Rams. And while you're there, why don't you subscribe to all of them because that's good for you. That's good for everybody. I, of course, host the Rams pregame show and postgame show on their flagship station 710 ESPN right here in Los Angeles. I've been with the team since they came back from St. Louis back in 2016. So, all right, let's get right to it. The Rams won Super Bowl 56. They did it by coming from behind after very quickly giving up the lead to start the third quarter, that long touchdown pass to T. Higgins. Raheem Morris said something very, very interesting. Of course, Raheem Morris is the Rams defensive coordinator, um, and he was talking about his time in Atlanta. He was a member of the staff when Atlanta blew that 28-3 to lead to the New England Patriots in their Super Bowl collapse. And I thought he said something incredibly interesting. He was talking about how he did not see the Rams do that thing that teams do when they are supposed to win and it starts to slip through their fingers. Here's a quote from Raheem Morris. I don't think anybody got tight when they took the lead. I don't think anybody got tight when they got the big play coming out of halftime right into the interception. Everybody stayed the course. That even keel, that steady feel Credit has to go to Sean McVay and how the team is run. But it definitely was a lesson learned for me going into this game. You wanted to stay the course and let these guys go out and win the football game. Again, that is Raheem Morris, Rams defensive coordinator. Okay. A, yes, I couldn't agree more. I think that one of the great traits that this Rams team has, this Rams organization has, and I think Sean McVay has in particular, um, and this goes back to something that Vaughn Miller said when he came over from the Broncos in the middle of the season. They don't really panic. They may have a game that doesn't work particularly well. They may lose a game here or there. They may have a game where they don't play particularly well. That's the NFL, right? You have games that don't go well. You have games that don't follow the script. You have games that are just not quite exactly what you need them to be from start to finish. A lot of teams, and this is what Von Miller was talking about, when it doesn't work, they go back to the drawing board. They erase everything that they've worked on and say, okay, that didn't work. Let's go to something else. The better teams, looking at the uh, the New England Patriots under Bill Belichick, looking at teams like the Steelers, uh, really forever, who just keep, seem to be incredibly steady and consistent, really good teams don't rewrite their entire identity week to week based on the result. They believe in what it is that they do. They believe that they have a plan that is workable. And that's what Von Miller noticed, and I think that's what Raheem Morris is point, pointing to right there that even when the Rams, the, the Rams' first half was a weird one, right? They got off to a really good start. They were moving the ball pretty well. Then Odell Beckham gets hurt, and then it's kind of stagnated, and it's not working the way that it's supposed to. And instead of just saying, okay, well, let, let, let's figure something else out, they continued to do what the Rams do. They continued to play their game. There wasn't a sense of panic in that, hey, we need to do something different because the time is running out. No, no, no. They stayed the course. They let Aaron Donald do Aaron Donald things. 
They let Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup do Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup things, the same things that they've done all season long. And what's so encouraging about that and what is so exciting about what's coming next for the Rams is not only does that bode well for their championship that they just won in Super Bowl 56, but I think it's an incredible indicator of how they might be able to compete moving forward. That when you have to lose players, and it's inevitable, you're going to lose guys to free agency, you're going to lose guys to retirement, you're going to lose guys to cap casualties, a million different reasons that guys are going to leave, a million different reasons that guys are going to come in. But just because guys are coming and going doesn't mean that you change your philosophy in any meaningful way. You have a theory, you have a plan, you have an identity that you hear about over and over again, and you stick to it because it works. So let's let's think about this for a second. The Rams in Super Bowl 53, the one that they lost 13-3 to to the Patriots, was kind of your first taste at this. Was this, okay, we had a plan, we went in, it didn't work. And instead of deciding to rewrite the entire thing, they changed a few of the pieces along the way, maybe more than a few. They changed the players, but they didn't change about how they go about doing it. They didn't change the way that they play football, the way that the organization is run. The way that the organization is run is we're going to go get star players. We're going to support them with later round draft picks. We're going to find guys in the trade market. We're going to find guys in free agency, and we're going to go for it. Guess what? They're back. They won Super Bowl 56. So I don't know what that offensive line is going to look like by the time Super Bowl is 57, 8, 9, 60, roll around. Who knows, right? But I do know that the philosophy that the Rams have put in place works and Sean McVay now has that thing in his back pocket that the Falcons were never able to get to, right? Raheem Morris talking about in that 28-3 to game that they let slip through their fingers, they never got another crack at it. The Rams were right back, relatively speaking. The Rams were only gone for a couple of seasons before they were right back in the same position, and this time the result was very, very different because they had been through it once before. So now that they've been through it twice, one time successfully, what does that mean for the rest of these the, the teams in the NFL? What does that mean for the Rams? What it means is is that they have faith in their procedures, that they have faith in their players, whoever those players might be. And again, Aaron Donald is the the great equalizer in a lot of this, right? If you have him, you can really kind of stick to your plan and let him do what he does. Now that they've got a quarterback in Matthew Stafford, who clearly has proven himself as a high-level player, a guy that can win a game for you, uh, if not single-handedly, certainly do everything you need from that position. Now what does that look like moving forward? I think it's incredibly exciting. I think it is an incredibly exciting moment for the Rams to be able to go into any game with any potential outcome, no matter what the scores have, whether you're way ahead, whether you're way behind, whether it's a close game, whether you the, – the panic factor that almost always is going to set in, and Raheem Morris was talking about that too, that, look, guys get tight. Guys tighten up in these moments. This is not supposed to be how it goes. And they stayed strong, and they got it done. And that knowledge and that understanding of your own philosophy of how things work is incredibly valuable valuable for the Rams. And I'm excited about what's coming next for them because once you figure you hear about it all the time, right? Uh, this team's really good, but they never really quite figured out how to win. They don't quite figure know how to close the show. That a good team finds a way to win, uh, average to bad team is going to find a way to lose. Well, the Rams are clearly in that second. They find ways to win, and they find ways to win because they stay the course because they believe in their methodology because they believe in the mantras, the we, you know, the, the we, not me, the be at your best when your best is required. They believe that stuff because they've seen the results of it. It's not just a slogan painted on the wall in the team facility. It is a belief system inside the entire organization because it has worked. 
you can tell me a slogan or a motto all day long, but if I haven't seen the results of it, what do I care? But if you give me a slogan and a motto and it gets implemented in our day-to-day practices and all of a sudden that motto and that idea and that methodology works, forget it. Off to the races. Absolutely remarkable. All right, so we talked about it the other day, right? Uh, The drama surrounding Aaron Rodgers. There is potentially some drama that is going to affect the Rams and not in the good way. That's coming up next. But first, let's talk about our pals at Bet Online. Football season, unfortunately, is over, but basketball is in full steam mode for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coaches are going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It still remains the best spot for all your scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right down to anything else that you might want to have information on. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked on Rams your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked on NFL. Locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It also is available free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, my name is Travis Rogers. Thanks for checking out Locked on Rams. Click that subscribe button on our YouTube channel and, of course, right there in your podcast feed as well. Okay, so let's get to Aaron Rodgers and the drama. He did the thing where he got into his feelings and went on Instagram and talked or wrote or however you want to characterize it. It was um, incredibly Aaron Rodgersy. Is that a word? It, it, it should be if it's not. It, it is a thing that the Rams really have not had to deal with very much. And we talked about this on a previous edition of Locked on Rams, that the Rams are a relatively drama-free institution. They don't really have too much of it. But the drama with Aaron Rodgers may, in fact, affect the Rams. Because think about the options available to him. Now, none of these things are set in stone, and there are always negotiations. And who knows? Until you know, we don't know. But think about the potential. What what is Aaron Rodgers looking for, really? Okay. He's looking for an opportunity, I would assume, to go back to the Super Bowl, to win more Super Bowls, because his legacy is so complicated and weird. Like, much like himself, right? He's a complicated and odd individual. But there really has not been a moment since he's taken over the the role in Green Bay as their starting quarterback where he has not been considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He he has, and it's almost indisputable that he went from, okay, this guy's going to be a guy that goes to the Super Bowl to a guy that did go to the Super Bowl to a guy that won the Super Bowl to a guy that felt like he was going to go back to this thing a lot. Only that part hasn't happened. He went and he got one, but since then he's never been back. It's weird. Aaron Rodgers has been in the same amount of Super Bowls as Jared Goff and Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo and some some other guys that just are not in his league. And he also wants to be the reason that things are the way they are. He wants to be the center of attention. He's got that gear in him for whatever reason. Fine. It's not good or bad. It, it just is. Um, and he wants to be the guy that says, I told you so. Well, is that going to happen in Green Bay? It Maybe. Maybe he stays. But let's just, for the sake of this, assume that he decides he wants to go somewhere else. There are, there are really only a couple of different places that he could land that give him a better opportunity to go be a Super Bowl winning quarterback again than where he is already in Green Bay. There's Tennessee, which makes the most sense, frankly. Tennessee is a, a well-coached team. They're a good team. They are a quarterback away 
from being a team that nobody wants to play, right? In the AFC, like we've talked about with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, we just saw Joe Burrow, uh, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. There's a whole bunch of good quarterbacks in that half of the draw. Patrick Mahomes, of course, that maybe you'd rather stay away from. But you get Derrick Henry, you get a pretty good defense. You, again, Tennessee was the number one seed in the AFC this year for a reason, because they're very, very good. Um, throw Aaron Rodgers on that team? Okay, makes a lot of sense. So that's probably destination number one if he wants to just go and do the football thing the one that makes the most sense beyond that and this is where it affects the rams is san francisco san francisco a is the team that really gives the rams trouble in in sean McVay's entire career he's beaten pretty much everybody really there's really nobody i mean i would say he's won every game obviously but when they go into a game you're thinking okay they got a good chance to beat everybody maybe with the exception of san francisco And when they have had success against San Francisco, why? It's because the quarterback play on the other side is not very good. It's because the quarterback play from Jimmy Garoppolo is lacking. It's because they don't have a two-way threat, right? you got Debo, you've got the running game, you've got some George Kittle stuff quick over the middle, but this is not a, hey, don't let Jimmy Garoppolo beat us. And I can hear the 49er fans, oh, we got you in week 18. Yeah, yeah, you, you did. And that was a good performance for him. But don't take my word for it. Take the 49ers' word for it. The 49ers went and spent a bunch of draft capital to move up to number three to take Trey Lance, despite the fact that they had a guy, at quarterback, that had taken them to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, even though he was only allowed to hand off. So go by what they're doing, not by what anybody's saying, right? They decided they weren't good enough. They made a move. They don't think they're good enough. Aaron Rodgers is from Northern California. Aaron Rodgers would like nothing more, I would imagine, than to stay in the NFC, a conference that he knows better than the other one a conference that he's spent his entire career in, to be able to go, and in a division, quite frankly, where it's you and one other team, where it's you and the Los Angeles Rams. And if all of a sudden the Rams have another high-level quarterback in the division, because think, think about what's going on with San Francisco, or not just San Francisco, but the, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, they're the opposite of what I just described with San Francisco. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are the team yet finally look if you're going to pick a team if it's not Jacksonville to play in that COVID game that they had to do on Monday night yeah give me the Cardinals we we always find a way to beat the Cardinals Seattle is in transition they are in a weird spot Russell Wilson may or may not be there he may go to Pittsburgh he may go to Tennessee we'll see what goes there but that's a team that feels like it's going the other way instead of the good way that just leaves the Rams and the Niners in the NFC West to kind of knock this thing back and forth for the foreseeable future. The Rams are certainly in a good position to, to come out on the right side of that. But you put Aaron Rodgers on that San Francisco team, that is a very different dynamic all of a sudden. So while typically I don't have a ton of interest in somebody getting emo on their Instagram feed and telling people to go read books, I, I already read books, Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm good. I don't need you to tell me to read a book or two every once in a while. Thank you for the uh, input, but I'm good. Thanks very much. Uh I am interested in it because it may affect the Rams. I am interested in it because if he does move, the dominoes that fall after that could ultimately end up being something that is directly impacting the Rams. Tom Brady's in the same boat. Tom, you know, now that he's making, now that Tom Brady's making movies with Sally Field and uh, Rita Moreno, I mean, okay, but we'll see, right? I, I, I do think that Aaron Rodgers winding up in San Francisco is a real possibility. Maybe not a great possibility, but certainly one to keep your eye on and certainly one that would impact the Rams moving forward in the NFC West. All right, 
So we're getting to that point, right? The combine is just about to start. The draft is just around the corner. And, of course, teams are going to be picking players, and that means they're going to be releasing players as well. Do the Rams already have their eyes on their first salary cap casualty? That's coming up next. Okay, so the Rams, like every other team in the NFL, even though they are the Super Bowl champions, still feels really good to say, uh, have some decisions to make with their roster. And the Rams, perhaps more than any other team in the NFL, don't have a lot of money to spend. They have a lot of money tied up in a handful of guys, and their cap situation is challenging, to say the least. This this, this is part... We, we talk about the draft picks all the time, right? That because they... F them picks in the in the immortal world of, of Les Snead have decided to uh, go in a different direction. They're going to pay free agents. They're going to make trades. They're going to pay their star players big money. But that doesn't leave a lot to, to take care of maybe that second tier. They're going to take care of Aaron Donald. They're going to take care of Cooper Cup. They're going to take care of players like that. But what about the next guys? And here's here's the, the a perfect example of this. And this is something that started to bubble up already. What about Tyler Higby? What about a player like that? His cap number for the upcoming season is just a little bit over eight million bucks. Okay. They only have about 21 and a half million bucks in cap space to, to, to play with right now. Here's the other thing Tyler Higby's production this last season was pretty limited. It was, he had a couple of good games along the way, but he had a career low 5.3 air yards per target in 2021. That's down over two yards. Uh, from the first part of his career, through the first four years of his career. I like Tyler Higby. I think he's been a very good player for the Rams since he's come here. But the question you need to ask yourself is at what price is he a good player? At what price do you keep a guy like Higby, who's tough, who, who does a lot of good things, who s- clearly understands Sean McVay's system? Remember, Gerald Everett was supposed to be the guy that was their tight end, right? The guy that Sean McVay wanted to get. He was their first ever draft pick in the Sean McVay era. Gerald Everett was. Higby was already here. But Higby was the guy that ultimately ended up winning that job. This year, he was fairly limited. And you wonder, if this is the year he was limited, what do you have moving forward? Because this was the year that Matthew Stafford was here. This is the year that Cooper Cup was going nuclear. This is the year that you acquired Odell Beckham Jr. in the middle of the year. This is the year that Robert Woods was having the season that Robert Woods always has, which is really impressive. So if all of this attention is is forced to be put on all these other skill position players and Tyler Higby's having a season that is far less than the ones he's had before, it's a pretty good candidate for a salary cap casualty right there because the Rams have found – think about what they did. When Higby missed the basically all of the playoffs, he got hurt in the Arizona game very early and never came back after that, including the Super Bowl. While it wasn't ideal, we talked about Kendall Blanton making a big catch in Tampa. We talked about him making some big catches against San Francisco. Bryson Hopkins comes in uh, in the Super Bowl and had to play well after Blanton had some injury trouble. Johnny Munt had missed most of the year along the way. Uh, Ben Skoranek, while a wide receiver, was kind of sliding into some tight end sort of sets along the way. It still was pretty darn functional. So if you're talking about you can save money, go get a guy in the draft. Go get a guy maybe in free agency that's a little less expensive along the way and could save some money in the Tyler Higby pot in the Tyler Higby spot doesn't sound like the end of the world does it and this these are the sorts of adjustments around the perimeter that I think that the Rams are going to continually have to make doing it the way that they do it you're going to have to pay Stafford you're going to have to pay Donald you're going to have to pay Cup you're going to have to pay Beckham if you decide that if he decides that he wants to come back by the way congratulations to him on the birth of his son um 
These are the things that you had, the decisions need to be made. You can't pay everybody. You can't kick the can down the road forever. You can do it for a while. And, and by the way, the Rams have done that and to great success. And, and I'm, I'm here for it. I, I enjoy the way that they've gone about it because they're constantly in. But at some point, you're going to have to get rid or, or at least say goodbye to some guys that you'd rather keep just because their number is going to get to the point where it's it's not in your best interest to carry them. One of the weak links on this Rams team, I think, is depth. And let's just use the tight end position as another example. When Higby went down, they were basically down to one guy. They were down to Kendall Bland because Munt had gotten hurt early in the year. And now you're in a position where you, I don't have anybody else. They, they were a Kendall Blanton, Bryson Hopkins injury away from not playing with the tight end which probably is not the way that Sean McVay would like to do it. You have to have some depth, and, and not just at tight end, but at various positions around the league or around the team. If you can get two guys for the amount of money you would pay Tyler Higby for one, and both of those guys are nearly as good, I'm going to go to another sport right here, and it's a great example of, of what I'm talking about. Let's go to baseball for just a half a second. Remember a few years ago when the Dodgers were in on Bryce Harper, when they were trying to make a move for Harper, and they offered him a crazy amount of money, but they wanted to go short-term. They were willing to pay him, I forget what it was exactly, but like $35 million a year for four years, and the Phillies went for 13 years. And Dodgers went, no, no, we're not doing that. But what they ended up doing was deciding to double down with Max Muncy. Okay, Max Muncy is not as good a player as Bryce Harper. But Max Muncie is close enough that the price that you pay for Max Muncie, which is a fraction of the price of a Bryce Harper, makes a whole lot of sense because if you only pay Muncie this and you can pay Chris Taylor that and you can pay all of these other players along the way a little bit more to keep everybody else together and you just don't have that one guy sucking up all the money, that's how the Dodgers went about doing it. And I wonder if the Rams aren't thinking about doing something similar, that while they'd like to keep Higby, Higby's probably their first choice at that position. He's been a good player for them. If I can get something that's you know 80% of him or 90% of him at 40% of the cost or 50% of the cost, that's a win because that's money I can go sprinkle around to other guys. That's, that's another cornerback that I can go get. That's depth at linebacker that I don't have. These are the questions. These are the moves that the, the Rams are trying to figure out, and Higby feels like he may be one of those guys. Look, the, the other guy that may fall into this category as well, we've talked about him a lot on Lockdown Rams, Andrew Whitworth. The, the difference is Andrew Whitworth brings so much more than just a left tackle that can block, but Andrew Whitworth's cap number is big. Andrew Whitworth is at a point in his career where it wouldn't be unreasonable to think that his production might start to decline at some point, and maybe he doesn't want to be there or not. The difference with him is, of course, you're trying to figure out how you're going to use him in the locker room that isn't just, hey, this is the scheme on this particular pass protection package. He brings so much more to the table. Higby, with all due respect, I don't know if he has that sort of impact on the team the way that Whitworth does. I don't know if anybody outside of Aaron Donald or, or Cooper Cup or, or Matthew Stafford probably would, but don't be surprised if Aaron Donald, or excuse me, if Tyler Higby is one of the first guys that ends up uh, a casualty of the salary cap situation. Again, thank you for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. Don't forget to subscribe to Locked on Rams, both on your podcast feed and, of course, our Locked on Rams YouTube channel. As for your second listen, right, you know how to do it. It's Locked On NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They're going to bring you the NFL Draft, and they're going to bring it to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts as well. Until next time, I'm Travis Rogers. This is Locked On Rams. And whose house? It's Locked On Rams' house.